Okay, hi, hello, welcome. This is uh, this is pretty crazy for me right now to be doing this. And I wanna start by saying first, I appreciate, so deeply appreciate the support, love, and validation that y'all have given with this. Uh, this is not an easy thing for me to do while I'm very comfortable speaking about real life and experiences and speaking on camera there's a lot that i'm about to share that only the people that are closest to me have ever known and i'm going to preface by saying there are definitely some things in this episode that are not appropriate for children to hear and i'm also going to give a trigger warning to anyone who has suffered any kind of narcissistic sexual um, emotional mental abuse and I want you to understand that if this is something that you are not ready to hear, there's no shame in that. Um, everyone's healing process is different. Everyone's healing process is full of highs and lows. It is never linear. But if you are looking for a space to connect with somebody who has been through pretty much everything, um, then maybe this will be really helpful for you. And that is my hope. My hope in that sharing all of these vulnerabilities that I have never shared with anyone is that you can feel like you have somebody in your corner, somebody who understands and somebody who can connect and somebody who has overcome because I know how isolating it feels when you're in it. I know how challenging it can feel when you're in the thick of it to think, am I ever going to get out of this? Am I ever going to feel safe? Am I ever going to feel whole and complete and healthy? And I am here to share that process. When I sat down and I thought about what I really wanted to put out as, as the first real raw episode, I kept coming up with blanks because every topic that I thought of that I really felt passionately about, that I really wanted to share, felt like it wasn't enough. And not saying that the information isn't good enough or my experience isn't good enough, but I had this very strong feeling that I was still playing small, that I was still holding things back. And then I had to question myself and ask why, because I've gotten to the point now where I used to hold things back and keep my vulnerabilities very private and very internal because I was afraid of how people would use them against me. I was afraid of how people would exploit them because people in my past had. I had revealed things to partners and to friends and they were later used against me. And at the time that that happened, I didn't have the internal fortitude or the internal confidence to handle it. It broke me, it shattered me that I had shared something with somebody and they used it against me. But after doing a lot of healing work and a lot of acceptance and a lot of forgiveness, both for myself and the parties involved, I have come to the realization that I don't care what people know. I don't care if anybody is upset that I'm sharing things, that I'm exposing them. I don't care if people want to use this against me, they can bring it on because I know who I am. I love who I am. It took three decades to get there. It took three decades to get there, but I'm at the point where I'm ready to share these things. And instead of breaking it up into little pieces and sharing little parts, 
like I originally planned, I figured why not just share the whole story and let it play out as it will from there. So I will start by saying a lot of my trauma has come from relationships and it starts well beyond romantic relationships or platonic friendships. It goes back to not only the relationships I saw mirrored to me in my childhood, but also the relationships I experienced within my family. Um, I don't think it's any secret that I do not speak to almost anyone in my family on either side. My parents split when I was a baby. I never knew them together. I never knew them happy together. Um, And my experience with that was actually being the pawn in between their dynamic. I, from a very young age, was hearing a bunch of dirt from the other person on both sides. There was a lot of blame towards my biological mother from my biological father, and there was a lot of blame towards my mother from my father. And it never stopped. In fact, it only got worse. I remember being a very, very young age when I was crying in the back of the car because my father was yelling at me about what my mom had done. And then I was confused and I had to go ask her and she told me the opposite. And that was my reality as a kid with the relationship that I saw. And when they both remarried, those relationships weren't any better. I did not see love or joy or peace. There was a lot of just pent up anger and resentment. And knowing what I know now, I can see that all parties involved really just had things within themselves that they weren't working out. But it doesn't stay within you. It comes out into your family members, your children, the people in your life, which is why it's so important to do the internal work. And I saw that from a young age. I saw how much hate there was in my family, how much division there was, how much anger, and decided that that was never going to be my reality. That was never going to be my children's reality. And I did the work to make sure that I worked through my stuff so that my children wouldn't have to experience what I've gone through. Not only that, the households that I grew up in that I was split between were completely polar opposite. I mean, if you could take night and day and put it into a realistic scenario, it was that. It was a militaristic, conservative Christian radical cult household when my biological mother married my stepdad and they joined this church and I've shared a little bit about that experience on social media but the gist of it is the entire basis for not only our religion but the way our household ran was incredibly toxic there was no room for grace there was no space for messing up Um, It was, if you screw up, you pay consequences, and you pay consequences that are unfair, that children can't even comprehend at that age. There was a lot of narcissistic abuse from not only my stepfather, but also some parts my mother. And the worst thing about narcissistic abuse is a lot of times they don't even realize it. And it doesn't always look the same. It's not always this person yelling over you and screaming at you and making you feel small and 
isolated. Oftentimes it is emotional mind games and manipulation. And from a very young age, I was asked by members of my household, the adults in my household, to manage their emotions. I had to figure out as a toddler how to manage the emotions of parents who were supposed to be there for me, but they needed me to be there for them. And then I would go to my dad's house and the (laughs) situation there was complete opposite. Uh, There was no structure, there was no schedule, there was no love, there was, um, this part's hard. There was a lot of sexual abuse occurring that I didn't even comprehend until I was much older and my brain and body allowed me the space to remember when I was at an age I could process it. So I was at a home where there was no space, no grace, no compassion, no understanding, and no room for me to have big emotions, for me to feel my feelings without it being punished. And then I was having to navigate the abuse that I was suffering in the other household. And that kind of dynamic, that kind of upbringing, where not only are you not seeing healthy relationships, you are experiencing toxic, abusive relationships, it will mess you up. It will mess you up to where when you get to the age where you're supposed to know how to navigate dating and finding the people that are safe, you will not know what to do. Or at least that was my experience. I started growing older into my preteen and teen years. I was overly sexualized. I was left to carry a lot of responsibility that I never should have had. I remember being 14 years old and going to church and being told that I look like a slut by my stepfather because my heels were a little too high or my skirt was a little tight or um, I needed to cover up more because I was causing men's eyes to wander. At 14, 14 years old, I was being told that everything was my responsibility. The ways that other people behaved were my responsibility. So not only was it ingrained from such a young age, it carried on into my teen years. And then my parents wondered why I rebelled and started dating older men who were over-sexualizing me. They wondered why I was 15 and sneaking around with men in their early 20s. Um, And I will say that I am not calling out any names. Um, There was a lot happening within that situation that I will probably explain at a later time when I have more space to speak on it, but it was, it was just very telling that if you ingrain into me that everything is my fault, that I carry the responsibility for everyone in my family, for everyone's emotions, for the way that everyone is, that I'm causing the chaos, I'm causing everything that's happening, and then you over-sexualize me, and then you're shocked when I turn to be a teenager and I start getting attention and I run with that, what do you expect? You can't ingrain something into a child's mind from a young age and expect them not to 
act that same way. And it wasn't until I was about 17 that I had started to figure out a lot of things. I started having memories of the abuse that I had suffered. Um, and I had started kind of seeing different patterns where I knew things were wrong, but I didn't quite know how to handle it or how to navigate it. I didn't know what the right and wrong way of anything was because I hadn't been allowed to figure that out. I hadn't been allowed to screw up. If I screwed up, I was immediately disciplined and told how awful and terrible I was. I was told that I was ruining the family. I was told that I was ruining my younger siblings. I was told that everything that had ever happened that was bad in our family was my fault. And because of that, I left home at 17. Left home, got kicked out, whatever way you want to look at it. I was told that if I continued um, to sneak around and date this older man, that I wouldn't be allowed to be at home anymore. And at that point, I just said, I don't care. And is anyone shocked? That was another abusive narcissistic relationship that to this day, I only remember bits and pieces of it because it was so unbelievably traumatic for me when I was already navigating so much, when I was trying to figure out what was real and what was what was being told to me. And once I got out of that relationship, it only got worse. I kept dating people who didn't value me, who didn't want to see me as anything other than an object. And even worse, I picked the most broken men that I could find. I was attracting them to me with my broken self, with all of this heavy energy I was carrying and the internal thought process that I had to fix everyone. Everybody was my responsibility. Everyone's pain was my responsibility. So I basically went on a mission to find any hurting man that I could and and make him mine. And would you imagine it didn't work out very well? <laughs> um, I'm not going to say too much about the marriage that I was in, but I will say there was a lot of a broken, hurt dynamic coming into play there. And when I got married at 20 years old, I had just turned 20, and we'd only been dating for a year when I found out that I was pregnant with my first daughter. And at the time, I said, I was so scared and so unsure of what was gonna happen, but I knew that I wanted her. I knew that I wanted to keep her. And I think in a way, I wanted her to be someone that healed me. I was subconsciously wanting to keep that cycle going. I wanted a family. I wanted to feel like I had people that unconditionally loved me. I remember being really, really young, like eight years old, just wanting to grow up so I could be married so badly because I just wanted that unconditional love. I wanted to feel like if I finally find somebody that will just really love me and I can have that family and I can make it different, then I'll be happy 
then I'll finally have everything I want if I can just grow up and find that person. And it doesn't work that way. (laughs) I found out the very hard way that it doesn't work that way that in order to have a successful relationship, it needs to be two people who are healthy and working on themselves. You don't have to be perfect. You do not have to be 100% healed or or have it all figured out because I don't think anyone ever does. I still don't have it all figured out. I'm still working through traumas in my current relationship, but at least I know how to navigate it in a way where it doesn't control me anymore. So I got married almost immediately after finding out that I was pregnant because my family said due to their strict religious background, you guys cannot have this baby unless you're married. You guys cannot have any of our support. You can't live together. You can't share a home together unless you are married. So we were kind of backed into a corner and didn't really have any options as far as doing things on our own way. And we got married. We got married very quickly without even really knowing each other without really sharing anything with each other our whole relationship had just been a college whirlwind we didn't have the depth and the experience and the the insight to even know how to navigate a marriage at 20 and 22 years old and we went into this marriage we had our first daughter and there were immediately issues right off the bat there were things that he was doing that I was not navigating well and there were issues that I had that he did not navigate well I had severe postpartum depression after my first daughter and by the time I had my second daughter it was only less than two years later and I had severe postpartum anxiety and He was not equipped to handle any of that. I had a mountain of painful experiences and trauma that I was asking him to help me navigate through because that's what you do in a relationship. That's what you do in a marriage. You're there for your partner. You hold their hand and you know how to handle everything. And what I was not giving him any space for was that he was just a a kid too. And he didn't know how to handle any of this. And he didn't know how to navigate his own emotions. So how could he handle mine how could he know what to say and do with mine and it's something that looking back now I can give a lot of grace to while still holding him accountable for the things that he did within the relationship we moved to Nashville we our marriage falls apart completely shatters and crumbles Um, if you read the article I wrote for love what matters you know exactly what happened but the gist of it is the gist of it is he was not faithful and because of all of the pain that I'd had leading up to that point it shattered me it shattered me to think that all I wanted to do and I'd said this my whole life all I wanted to do is give my children a childhood that they don't have to recover from And that was exactly what I was doing. I was repeating the cycles. 
I was a hurt, abused adult that was now hurting my own children indirectly. But if you don't deal with your stuff, the people that you love are going to. I remember hearing this phrase one time that stuck with me, and I'm sure you've heard it. It's that hurt people hurt people. We don't mean to. We don't want to hurt the people that are close to us, but if you don't deal with your stuff, you're going to bleed on everyone who never injured you. And I took a look at these very young daughters that I had and at my life in what felt like its lowest point. I didn't have a job. I was suddenly a single mom in a new state with no family, no support. I didn't know anybody. And I didn't feel at all confident in any part of myself. I felt like I was a joke. I felt like I was forever a child. I felt like I needed somebody to take care of me because I had been taking care of people my whole life and I just wanted somebody to care for me. And one of the coolest parts about doing the internal work is you get to be that for yourself. You get to do all of the work and go back to that little part of you that so desperately needs that love, that care, that protection. And therapy has a cool term for it. It's called reparenting. And if it sounds cheesy, I know it sounds kind of lame, but trust me, it works. I've been doing it with my therapist for a couple of years now to where it's just common practice. When I notice a feeling that I have and this is a free therapy lesson for you. <laughs> this is something that I have learned how to incorporate from her. So take this and put it into practice and see how it changes your life. You're welcome. When you notice those emotions, when you notice those feelings, you look at them and you say, okay, I know what you are. This anger, this anger that I'm feeling over this situation, this is not the first time I felt this. And you go back to the first memory that you have in your body of that same pain. You can differentiate anger. You can differentiate the emotions that you're feeling. You can differentiate this anger feels different than this anger. And this sadness and this grief feels different than this one. Where did I first feel this version of it? And you go back to that first memory that you have. You go back to the first time you've experienced that grief, that fear, that anger, and you sit with yourself in that space. And you talk to yourself. You say, it's okay. This is not that. This, what you're experiencing, is not that that you've been through. This pain that you're feeling is not the same pain that you felt before. The players are different. You are different. You are older, you are wiser, you are mentally and emotionally equipped to handle this now. So what do you need? What do you need to feel right now? What do you need to hear? What is going to help you feel safe and protected? And guys, if you start doing that, it's gonna feel really weird at first, but talking to that version of yourself that's experiencing those pains those trigger points, those traumas, those vulnerabilities, it will change your life. 
It will change the way that you handle triggers because I've had some even now in my current relationship with my partner who is just beyond guys. I have to do a whole thing about how I found him and what that's been like because he's the only man I've ever dated, ever, that I have not had to fix. (laughs) I have not had to help. I have not had to do anything. I can relax in my divine feminine and feel safe and have complete trust. But there have been points where he has said or done something that has triggered me. Not because he's doing anything wrong, not because he was trying to hurt me, but I mean, there was one time he had a specific tone in his voice that my stepdad used to have. And he wasn't even saying anything negative to me. We were just having a discussion about something and he dropped his voice to a a specific level that sounded very like what my stepdad used to do when he was coming at me and lecturing me and placing all the blame on me for things. And I lost it. I started crying, shaking, full panic attack, everything. And he stooped down. He sat with me at that level. But I took that moment to say, okay, this feeling that I'm having, this fear, it was fear, it was panic. This is not valid. I'm safe. I'm an adult. I'm with a safe person that I love and that loves me. We're having a discussion on something, and the only thing about this is that it reminds me of this time when I wasn't safe, when I felt out of control, when I felt like I didn't have any space to exist or have opinions or have freedom. And once I recognized that and called it out, that this is not that, everything changed. I felt completely in control again. My breathing slowed, my crying stopped. And it's revolutionary to be able to sit in that space and call yourself out for those things. It is truly life-changing to do the work and acknowledge those parts within yourself that you've been neglecting to heal. Because I listen, I I get it. I get that it feels so much easier to just bury it and say, I don't have to deal with this. I'm fine. I'm not actually angry or I'm not actually sad or I'm not, I'm over this. I'm over this thing. And maybe you truly are. That's great for you if you actually are over those things. But to me, a lot of times we bury our pain down because it feels like an inconvenience to our lives. We bury that trauma because it feels like I don't have time for this. I have friends, I have a life, I have family, I have responsibilities and obligations, and there's no space to do that healing work. There's no space to take the time and say, this is something that I need to give attention to, because that's all it is. It's just those old feelings that always needed a place to be seen and heard, asking to come out. It's just your little seven or eight year old you who was not allowed to express anger or who was the victim of abuse or who felt neglected, just needing the space to speak about those emotions. That's all. Emotions just need to be acknowledged. They need to be given space to exist. And once you do that, that's when you can transform them. That's when you can 
rewire those experiences in your brain to say, this is not that. This is not that same pathway that you've been stuck on. This is not that trauma pathway that was created saying that every time that I get yelled at or every time someone demeans me or every time I feel afraid, it means a bad thing's gonna happen. That's not the case. But your body in those moments is trying to protect you. That's all your body does is look out for you. So don't look at your trauma responses with annoyance or hate or any of the negative things that could come up when you feel like it's an inconvenience because the trauma responses are ruining your life. Look at it as my body and my brain are just trying to protect me from what happened last time. My body and my brain are working to keep me alive because they don't know that the situation is different. I do. I know that the situation is different so I can talk to myself and I can say, listen, I know that you're scared because the last time you felt this way, this happened. And I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I'm so sorry you had to experience that. That wasn't fair. That was not fair for you to go through that. But baby, this is different. This is different. We're okay. We're safe. We are, we're fine. We've got this. We are different. The players are different. The situation is different. Everything's going to be okay. And it's in those little moments when you start talking to yourself that you'll start to see all of those changes. I know that was heavy. (laughs) I know that was a little heavy, but guys, I just, that's like the that's like the short um, version. I don't want to say surface level because it wasn't surface level, but that is the I don't have three hours to share everything that's happened. But as these as this series goes on and as these episodes go on, I will share more in depth of the experiences that I've had and how I transform them. But what I really want you to take away from today is if you have a history of having these traumatic relationships or maybe you choose friends and partners who are not kind to you, don't value you, talk down to you, degrade you, or don't see you, don't acknowledge who you really are and use you. Whatever your experience may be, whatever your experience may be, I want you to really look at that and say, do I deserve better? Because yes, you do. And why am I consciously choosing these partners and these patterns that don't serve me, that don't love me as well as I love myself, that don't elevate me in my life, that don't give me anything, that just take my energy instead of giving me life, that take my time instead of grounding my connection to myself more instead of facilitating healing and a safe space and joy and love and connection causes pain and i want you to look at that and and ask yourself what are the steps that you can do to negate that and i hope this wasn't too much for anybody i always get nervous sharing because one of the most challenging things and you know this if you've been through any kind of hardship in your life is when people start looking at you differently when you share the things that you've been through 
they look at you like, oh, I'm sorry. They look at you with pity. They look at you with the, wow, I had no idea you've been through all that eyes. And that is something that has always irked me. It's always really bothered me when people have done that. And I'm sorry if you've been one of the people that has done that and I've looked at you funny. I just have always been like, this isn't me. This is just a part of the story. My story isn't me. I am my own person. I have always been me, even when I was going through the worst times in my life. I've always been me when I was going through the best times in my life. Someone's story is not their identity. It is just a part of their experience on this earth. And I want you to take that, remember it, and always remember that you are not defined by your experiences up to this point. If you decide to make a change today, that's the new you. If you decide that you are going to only choose relationships that honor you, respect you, love you, and see you, then that is you from now on. Even if you have some bumps, even if it doesn't always go perfectly, even if you fall back into old patterns, because those can be challenging to break, if you fall back into those old patterns, that doesn't mean that that is your forever story. It's just what you're going through right now. But you are always you, no matter what has happened, no matter what will happen, no matter who comes into your life and who leaves your life, you are always you, and you are always your number one advocate. Don't forget that. I love you. I see you. I'm here for you. My DMs are always open. My email is always open. If you want to contact me directly, you can follow me on Instagram. If you're already following me on Instagram, it's by.sarahkennedy. And if you want to email me, it's hello at bysarahkennedy.com. All one word. Guys, I've never shared something like this before. I am both exhilarated and terrified at how it's going to be reaching the world. But I hope that you can hear me. I hope you can hear my heart. And I can't wait to share more with you next week.